Just in case you want. All right. So we are live. Welcome to this morning's power call. Uh, this morning, we're going to be discussing how the devil is made and destroyed. If you are new for your first time, go ahead and put the number zero in the comment section. If you're new for the very first time, put the number zero in the comment section. On the power call, what we want you guys to do every morning, Monday through Friday, is get your notepads out. Take notes um, because at the very end, we want you to share what stood out for you. We listen to the minister. We listen to a lecture. We listen to our guests. They come on. And uh, usually when guests are on, we have you ask questions or give your feedback. So don't be shy to give your feedback to what stands out um, to you at the end. Okay. So we're not going to waste no more time. Let's get started. Of the ministers, the clergy was so strong. In the name of Allah, God, the most gracious, the most merciful. We thank him for Moses and the Torah. We thank him for Jesus and the gospel. We thank him for Muhammad and the Quran. And as it is written in the Quran, every nation has received a messenger from God. So that no nation will be able to say, we didn't hear. I am so honored to be here today representing my teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but also representing the God who created us all. I greet all of you, my dear brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the Arabic language, Assalam Alaikum. In Hebrew, Shalom Aleichem. And of course in English, <laughs> peace be unto you. To Reverend uh, Jenkins, Reverend Rendell, Bishop Kim, to Pastor T.L. Barrett, and to all of the wonderful men and women of God who are present this morning. I woke up a few weeks ago and the thought of the ministers, the clergy, was so strong on my heart that I asked our chief of protocol, Brother Thomas, to please ask Reverend Rendell, if I could please address the clergy again. And he was so kind and, and so gracious. And this is why we are here this morning. God has put something on my heart for us. I pray that he will guide the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart that what I am guided to say this morning may be wholly acceptable in his sight and if it is acceptable in his sight I pray that the hearts of the righteous will receive it as uh, Reverend Jenkins has said we are living in very very troubled times but those of us who are scripturally sound we know that the time that we are living in was foretold but now the thing that was foretold we are beginning to experience we are living at the end of this world's life and this world's power to dominate the lives of the human family with evil the kingdom of God must come in but it doesn't come in with ease it comes in with great trial and great <coughs> tribulation the scripture teaches that Satan deceived the whole world that's some kind of deception when the whole world can be deceived we are in the world could it be that we too have been deceived deceived about what deceived about whom pastor spoke earlier Dr. White and and my lovely lovely sister that sang and her wonderful pastor you know she goes to a Christian school you can't produce a good child in a public school that does not acknowledge the real headmaster of education so before I say what I what God has laid on my heart I want to say this every church every synagogue every temple must begin to look at the destructive harvest of our children that are dying in public schools under educational teachings that denies the right of the child to acknowledge him who created the heavens and the earth if you cannot acknowledge God by whom all knowledge has come then what kind of school do you have? 
the Jewish shula will always, or synagogue will always have a shula because they are interested in the children growing up in the culture dictated by the Torah or the Talmud. White Christians have set up Catholic churches, Catholic schools, Baptist churches, Baptist schools. Many of us get a church that they once occupied, but no school. So we send our children into a public school that is deteriorating, filled with debauchery and filth and drugs and not real education. So it would seem to me that since we pray, as my little sister said, for the children, we need to pray for parents that would send their children to be destroyed in houses that disbelieve in God. I think we as the people of God must take our children under our wings and raise them in knowledge and give them a culture of respect for the Creator then it is easy to respect mama and daddy and teacher when you respect him who created it all. So just a thought. Christian schools. Christian schools. Muslim schools. Jewish schools. If we cannot force the public school to teach and train our children properly then what is meant in the scripture train the child up in the way it should go and then you put them in the hands of satanic minds who are not there to train the children up in the way they should go well what is that way that they should go. The second thing I wanted to say before I say what God laid on my heart to say. I visited Cuba once and after I left Cuba I stopped in Barbados and the press met me Minister, how could you, a man of God, visit a godless country like Cuba? I said, I'm sure you have read in the gospel about two uh, men. And one of them said uh, he would do the will of God. And he didn't do it. But the one who said he wouldn't, he did. Then the question was asked, which one did? 
the will of God. The man that talks it but won't do it. Or the man that refuses it and then finds himself doing it. When I went to Cuba, a country completely illiterate, 90% when Fidel Castro took over, it's 100% literate today. Che Guevara, the great revolutionary, was a doctor. And when he came to Cuba, he put down his medicine bag and picked up the gun. When I was in Cuba, Fidel had put the gun not too far away. <laughs> it was in the corner. But he was making doctors. And doctors from Cuba are all over the world serving the poorest people. When I met with Fidel Castro, he said, Brother Farrakhan, I'm going to offer you a thousand scholarships. I want the children to come to Cuba free of charge and in six years we'll have them doctors. We have our first graduate from the school in Cuba She's in California. She's taking now the exam. So don't think that they're not preparing you properly. He said, don't waste time. If they have a background in science and mathematics, you can send them to us coming out of high school. And in six years, you will have a doctor. And the only requirement is that they must go back to their community and practice medicine among those who need it most. So I would like to say to you this morning, those scholarships are available. And if any of you in your churches have a young one that wants to be a doctor, you don't have the kind of money, the parents do not have the kind of money to send them to the fine medical school so that when they get out of school they are a quarter of a million dollars in debt. So if a man is going to offer you a scholarship and make you a doctor with the only thing he's asking, you come home and serve your community. That's just not for blacks. That's for any young American, black, brown, red, yellow, or white who wants to take advantage of it. Of course, you're going to have to learn Spanish, but you might as well. We are the only people in the world that don't have another language. All right, now, having said that, We have partnered with Cuba in a, a literacy program called Yes, We Can. And we are sending teachers to Cuba to learn the methodology that they used to take a country that was 90% illiterate 
and now they are 100% literate. There is too much ignorance in our communities, people dropping out of school, people having no hope to learn, but once this program is advanced, then every church should take pride that there's no member of this church that is illiterate, that cannot read, that cannot write. That is our duty as shepherds. Now to the business at hand. Now, if the whole world has been deceived, deceived about whom and about what? Pastor said, and the scripture says, there is no name under the heavens whereby man can be saved except by the name of Jesus. Well, now that's a big statement. And if it is true, and it is, then how is Satan looking at Jesus? Now, I want you to think with me now. Because the Jesus that I know about, which is the same Jesus you know about, he is the one that God anoints to end Satan's world. Talk to me now. Can I get a witness? Oh, oh. So if we are disciples of his, apostles of his, prophets in his house, then our mission is to end Satan's power and dominance over the minds and hearts of the people of the earth. The kingdom that Jesus represented was not of this world. The Apostle James said, the love of this world is enmity with God. Well then, how do we square that with this scripture? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life well wait a minute if James the Apostle said that the love of this world is enmity with God and Jesus in the gospel said the world will not love you the world hated me so if the world hated me it hates you because you are not what of the world well, what world are you of if you're not of this world? I love you all so much. I, I think about you all the time because I know you are the key to the rise of the people 
coming out from oppression under Satan's wiles. But you got to be on your post. Watchman. A watchman is a, a very important person because he's at night. And he has to have a light. And he can't fall asleep on the watch lest what he's watching for the enemy will come and take it and the watchman finally wakes up and the prize is gone watchman wake up watchman you asleep on the job watchman where's your light because if the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light and you know that light and you have been baptized in that light why is darkness covering our community death in the streets death in the homes destruction of family destruction of marriage if you have the light what are we doing with it or have we been deceived now I want to talk about Jesus and say now minister you's a Muslim you can say that you can say that but I'm a Christian too and I'm a Jew too Oh, Farrakhan, how could you be all of that unless you're confused? <laughs> I'm not confused at all. The God we serve is one God. It is not God that created the confusion that divided the house. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So if we are divided, we are not then under the one God because if there's no love of us for one another if there's no peace among us but you in your denomination I'm in mine you in your sect I'm in mine you in your religion I'm in mine God don't have many religions he only has one faith he's one Lord and there's one baptism to that God now let's deal with it excuse me for get, getting a little excited have we been deceived Jesus came among the people and he made himself of no reputation so many of us like titles and we want people to recognize our titles because titles make us feel important and there's something about a slave 
who has been beat down for 400 long years the ego destroyed so when you give that kind of slave a title in the house of God he don't want to serve the people he wants the people to serve him but the master didn't come talking about who he was the master just came to do a work that bore witness of him so the disciples uh, came I think it was to John and John asked is this he or should we look for another Jesus didn't say anything you know to the disciples he said tell them the blind see the deaf hear the lame are walking and the dead are being raised to life he didn't have to say who he was if all the lights are out in the room it needs an electrician so if somebody comes in and the next thing you know you were in darkness and the light is on he don't have to tell you who he was his work bears witness of who he is now some people got upset with me in my savior's day message when i said uh, prophet is a name that's a little too cheap meaning not as valuable as who the brother is oh, wait a minute farrakhan <laughs> prophet is not a name big enough for you if you know christ the scriptures that I read that you read says Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as the least of these that followed Jesus. Well if Solomon the wisest of them of the past and the least in the kingdom was greater than Solomon then who are you? Who do you know you are if you're connected to that man called Jesus the Christ? We gotta talk about this today because Satan is so slick. He'll have you walking backward thinking you're going forward. He'll have you going down thinking you're going up. That's why Paul said, you got to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of Satan. Now, let's get to the meat of what God has put on my heart. Dear pastors, dear beloved family of God, listen. 
God did not come to make you prophets. He came to make you into himself. I want to say this again. Prophets cannot defeat the God of this world. It takes a God to deal with a God. That's why he's turned the prophetic communities of the prophets upside down because a prophet could not deal with the God of this world. Talk back to me if you know. Why did Paul say we see darkly? Why you see darkly? We prophesy in part, we know in part right we we don't fully know see in the scriptures God uses the moon as a symbol of prophets because the moon borrows light from the Sun it don't have a light of its own so the moon makes you see things darkly you can see the form but you can't really see it right however when the sun comes up you see everything as it is when you say you follow the man that said i am the light of the world then why are you seeing darkly if you in the sunlight of God himself see somebody has deceived us we got the right name Jesus we're in the right place if you're preaching him you're in the right place but he overcame Satan how come we're victimized by Satan talk to me see if he is in you and if he is in me how could you say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and yet the world has conquered pastors bishops popes Mullahs, shakes. We have compromised bishops playing with little boys. People say they with Christ, but they live in a life that Christ rejected. You mean we are his disciples? And we're afraid to teach because we'll hurt the feelings of somebody who's not trying to live a Christ-like life. You're more interested in what comes in the plate than what goes into the heart and the head of those whom we teach. Why do you think God said that judgment will take place first? in the house of God because that's where the worst hypocrisy is 
It's among those of us who claim God but live a life contrary. None of us are perfect but we should be striving because it's already written when the master said be ye perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect then when he said be that's like in the beginning when God saw darkness and wanted light and he said be well when God says be the forces are already arranged to bring us to perfection but we can't get to perfection until we get correction And that's why Paul used the words exhortation, rebuke, correction. Don't you think that out of the love that God and his Christ has for us, that his rebuke is like the loving parent? And the Bible says, he whom the Lord loves much, he chastens much. Because his desire, turn that whatever that is off, brother, don't interfere with the word of God. You might get a chastisement, brother. <laughs> oh, that's true. Anybody interfering with the word of God when it's being preached, little things, Satan uses it as a distraction. Now I'm going to Jesus, you see. He walked among the people, making himself of no reputation, so that at a certain point, he asked, who do they say I am? Well, if he had been telling them, they would have told him what he told them. But he was quiet. Who do they say I am? Oh, they say you're that prophet Isaiah, uh, that uh, prophet uh, that was to come and this and that. And then he looked at the disciples and said, who do you say I am? And Peter spoke for the disciples. He said, thou art, listen, the Christ, the son of the living God. When he said that, Jesus didn't rebuke him. He said, flesh and blood has not shown that to you he said but go and uh, tell no man you know don't don't talk about my being the Christ why because Jesus is his name Christ is his title but Christ in Greek means one anointed with power to crush the wicked he was not Christ at that time. He was Jesus the teacher. Jesus the healer. Jesus the guide. But his suffering now was putting him in a position that he could become Jesus the Christ. See, you want to be with him. But you don't want to walk 
like him because if you walk like him you're gonna be hated of men you're gonna be persecuted you're gonna be lied on you're gonna be brought into court and some will be killed but Jesus said he who would save his life will lose it but he who is willing to lose it for my sake shall conquer time and find eternal life so he's talking to Peter he says there are many things now that I have to suffer Jesus you suffer Peter in his zeal and stupidity wait a minute Jesus you know what I mean? What? You, ain't, you don't have to go through that. Jesus looked at him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. I'm trying to tell you what I got to go through, and you're going to tell me what I don't have to go through? Who's the teacher here? Jesus is telling the people what he has to go through in order to be worthy to go to the right hand of the Father. One of the disciples, I think it was Philip, he said, Master, you know, when will we see the Father? He said, have I been among you this long and you have not seen him? See, pastors, look, discipleship means that if I'm looking at you I should be seeing him you didn't hear me see if I'm looking at one like Philip wanting to see the father and Jesus said wait a minute how long have I been among you you haven't seen him then he said when you see me you see the Father, for I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Well, if the Spirit, and you talked about that Spirit earlier, and I have to tell you, Pastor, the Spirit don't dwell in everybody that's in this room or any other room. No, I'm going to go there with you now. I want to be a possessor of that spirit but I got to earn it by submission to his will and dis disciplining myself according to his way you can't be no free-for-all preacher and be his I do what I want to say what I want I'm the bishop the hell you are you are nothing when he comes after you for failing. I'm sorry. Don't let titles, don't let titles get you out of pocket. Unless he make you one. You're really made. But you can make yourself anything. But Jesus also spoke to that. He said, no man can add one cubit to his height. 
Sisters got these high heels on. They're hurting your feet. But they make you look taller. But in the night when you go home, you're so happy to kick them off. <laughs> so, so my family, listen. He had to suffer. He had to be bruised. He had to be betrayed. He had to be lied on. And all the people that he healed became so afraid they never showed up at his trial. He raised Lazarus from the dead and I don't remember reading that Lazarus showed up and said, hold on, wait a minute. Peter ran away. Most of the disciples except John. You know, they, they, they couldn't take it. Really sad, you know, when you have to go through something that God will use what you go through as a means of his glorification and yours and mine as well. That's why many of us want the crown but flee from the cross. But Jesus, the Jesus that I am coming to know, he said, if any man that includes me, you know. Would be my disciple. He must first deny yourself. You can stop right there because most of us can't do that. He said deny yourself, then pick up not his, but yours. You mean you got one too? Yeah, if you're going to follow him, you're going to have one. Then he said, follow me. He didn't say worship me. He said, follow me. Walk where I put my foot down. Do like you see me do. Then the world will hate me as the world hate. The world will hate you as it hated me. And you will suffer. But he gives the parable. Notice the woman in travail to give birth lord she's in so much pain and the doctor says push 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 and she wants to die the pain is so bad he said but when she makes that final push the master said the joy of the birth of new life makes her forget the pain that she just went through we are not going to establish the kingdom of god without trial without tribulation so when the Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars it's going on now there will be famine there will be pestilence there will be earthquakes in diverse places going on now one this morning one yesterday it's just and it's coming to America big time See, God has to whip America's back 
Alexa because she feels she's the power that we should worship her see many of us pay lip service to God but bow down to the powers of the world but your knee when you go to church when I was an acolyte in the church when we got to the cross you have to genuflect you've been and and uh, of course when you're gonna be a, a, a pastor a preacher you prostrate all the way down because that's the only way he can come into us and live in us we can't have no will of our own now uh, here's what God want me to say to you I was reading about Paul he said we are joint heirs with Christ I want to stay there for a minute because the Christ that was persecuted that died and then was resurrected and then ascended not to the left hand but to the right hand which means now he becomes the agent of God's power so the scripture says God put everything under Jesus except he himself that means that our Lord has power over everything listen now and he's coming to destroy not to teach anymore he did that already this world got to go and you and I are trying out to be positioned in his kingdom and some of us are going to be governors what do you mean Rigovich Ryan no, they the governors of this world. We are the governors of the next. But we have to be worthy. Now look, joint heirs with Christ. An heir is somebody that has legal entitlement to the property of one deceased or to the similar rank of one an heir now look at that joint heirs i mean that's that's no lightweight thing so who is christ christ is god in the flesh now that god has anointed him with and wisdom to crush Satan's world so if you are a joint heir with him then you are to become what he is I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also I am I am where I am the state of my existence 
is yours. You are a joint heir with me. I'm with God and God is with me. And you are to be with me, not a prophet. But God's to go against the God of this world and bring in a new world of peace, freedom, justice, and equality. How do we get to be an heir? He laid it out. This commandment I give you. And this is his commandments now. You already got the ten that Moses gave. We, we're looking at that. That's fine. But Jesus said, Love God with not some, three quarters, nine tenths. What? With all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That ain't leaving nothing for nobody else. I can't pledge allegiance to this. One nation under God, that is a lie. If this were a nation under God, why are we suffering? Why is there so much poverty and want and neglect if this is a nation under God? Satan has deceived the whole world and we've been deceived because if you give your allegiance to Christ, that's it. You can respect and serve in a righteous way, but allegiance? No. I gave it all to God. I have nothing left. And the second commandment is like unto it. Love your neighbor. Love your brother. As you love yourself. Then, he said, on these two, hang all the law and the prophets. So already when you are up with him in love, you are above the prophets. You are to fulfill what the prophets prophesied would be fulfilled when Christ comes. I'm finished now. Look. Jesus, before he left his disciples, he started using the personal pronoun which he had never done before. I wrote a study guide. I ain't reading it for sure. But I just wanted to read this that we wrote concerning Jesus and what he said about himself. When Moses met with God in the burning bush, who should I tell him sent me? Tell him that I am. That I am. Now just think about that for a minute. That's a heck of a thing. I want to tell Pharaoh, you know, something about you, your name. 
tell him I am that I am that says it all I exist I'm in the world I've come to take power to myself I've come I made Pharaoh big so that through him I might be made known I gave him power and then I hardened his heart so that I could destroy him and when the world sees that the great one that is claiming my position is put down by me they will bow down and submit so here comes Jesus now Moses told him about I am but now Jesus in the book of John he starts I am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth in me shall never thirst and just think about that see we are hungry but not for this kind of food we are hungry for the feeding from that eternal spring and he's telling you that if you tied to him the Christ you're not hungry because once you start with him he just keeps you going up 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 into that word and you will never thirst I am the bread of life boy that is heavy and then he don't stop he goes on and then Jesus in st. John the eighth chapter he said I am the light of the world he that follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life See? If we are in the dark now, most of us, we have no solution for the problem in our families. We don't have a solution for the children in the street. We're kind of, we may not want to admit it, but we have failed. Our kingdom work is more vanity than substance. I have built the biggest church that you have ever seen. I got 20,000 people in there every Sunday. But what kind of people you got? What, what are you doing with them? What are you making them into? See, it's not the number, it's the quality of what you make with that word be ye not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by what the renewing of your mind see you still got that same old slave mind ego driven crazy got to have the biggest car the biggest house and this is gonna make you the biggest preacher because you got the biggest church and you find yourself in hell and you say damn how did I get down here
the Jesus I know, he didn't build one church. He came in and out of the synagogues, you remember? He said, ooh, these places are like whited sepulchers. In them are the bones of dead men. Ooh, that's chilling, isn't it? Then before he gets crucified, he's driving the money changers out of the temple. And people in the temple, they selling this and selling that and showing off this and showing off that. Everything is about money. It's not about the salvation of these people who desire to follow Christ. All right. Then he says, I am the door. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And if you try to come up another way, you a thief and a robber. I am the door. He ain't say, I am a door. No. I am the light. I am the door. I am the bread. Ain't no other after the. You can be an A. But he is the. That means he's the perfect example. He's God. He's complete in himself. And he wants to make us into him. And that's why he said, you will be changed. And in the twinkling of an eye. And we will be like who? Well, isn't that our hope? I'm closing. My bad, I don't know what that was. All right, family, so uh, I hope you all enjoyed part one. We will finish up part two tomorrow. We will be finishing up part two tomorrow. Raise your hand if you have anything that you would like to share from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speak this morning. Speech, I have uh, quite a few notes myself, but go ahead and raise your hand for those who are tuning in for your very first time and you like what you're hearing. And you would like to be my guest this Friday. Um, go to www.noistudygroup.com, www.noistudygroup.com, and we will help you find your location for this Friday or uh, Sunday so that you can get there. We had about eight people that said that they was going to go last week, and we haven't got any responses yet. We were striving to follow up, so... If you have not followed up with Sister Kudisa, who was reaching out to get your feedback and get the uh, screenshot of the sign-in sheet, please get back with her. All right. Anybody, raise your hand if you have something that you would like to share from what the minister said. Go ahead. Um. Well, first, assalamu alaikum, everybody. I did see in the chat those who did greet me. Um, I didn't want to join in on the Zoom call while sitting here, so I could be in the chat. But assalamu alaikum and walaikum salam to those who said assalamu alaikum to me. Um, the main thing that I wanted to, hold on, let me figure out which one it was. It was two things, two major things for me. Um, the first was that where did I put it? 
But basically, the minister said that um, people want to walk with Christ, but don't want to walk like Christ. And that was mainly because they don't want to endure the consequences, the things that come along with it. Um, I think, was it not this past Friday, I said a group, but the Friday before that, we kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, and to see that keep reoccurring and then to see certain things manifest in my own life, um, it just brings everything full circle that, you know, a lot of times people want to reap the benefits of what comes with walking a certain way, talking a certain way, um, just saying that they are a follower of, of Christ. But when it comes to living that life, when they step outside of the church, they're a completely different person. And um, that doesn't, that's, that's not rewarded. It, it can't be rewarded because at the end of the day, you're not genuine about it um, and not sincere. So for me, that just, it's a reminder for self. And then he started, he talked about, um, dang, I can't, <laughs> I want to quote him the exact way, but I can't. Um, but anyway, there was, um, the last one was where he said, come on, where is it? I don't got so many notes on here. Oh, we are not going to establish the kingdom of God without trial and tribulations. Um, and that was the really big one for me. That was the main one for me. Um, because I'm, I'm guilty of it and I know, uh, few other people are as well they feel as though when you know they do start to walk with and or like Christ they feel like life is going to be a breeze you know God is going to take care of it God got it but um, I've heard this over and over as well is how does God really know that you're truly his if he doesn't test you and I'm guilty of feeling as though you know once I separate from the things that I feel like are bringing me drama pain or you know just unnecessary like problems I feel like at that point I should be you know smooth sailing but no when you decide to accept Christ and you decide to be as righteous as you know how to be and live and walk in the teachings that's when things get real (laughs) like get really real because it's one thing to deal with someone who openly says or is you know openly not accepting of Christ and not openly you know walking that life but then it's a whole nother thing (laughs) to deal with someone who says that they are and then you turn around and you look and they are not that you have to look in the mirror now you have to talk to yourself and ask yourself how can my growth allow me to not elect not elect (laughs) not allow this person's shortcomings or, you know, whatever it is that they're battling and they're fighting, how do I not let that affect me and me not step outside of my own righteousness? Um, and so that's just what kind of personally touched me today. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Sister, Sister Randisha. Assalamualaikum, family. So what's a few things that stood out to me? was um that you know cuba was um an illiterate um third world country but you know that now cuba is 100 literate and the minister was basically giving us these 
um, statistics as it relates to, you know, our children going to school. And if the public school can do what we need to do, I mean, if the public school can teach our children the way that we need them to teach our children, how can we ever think that our children is going to go where they should go? Um, if the whole world has been deceived and, you know, he asked the question, like, who has the world been deceived by? By whom and by what? You know, he, the minister also stated that there's death in the streets, death and I mean, destruction in a marriage, destruction in a home. You know, why are all these things um, happening? Uh, hold on. He also stated that we had to put on the whole armor of God, you know, that plate of um, faith and salvation. Uh, he put deny yourself, then pick up your cross. He also stated about um, giving birth. He said pain is so bad, it makes you forget. I mean, you know, about giving birth. He said that the pain is so bad. Once you have the baby, it makes you forget the pain that you went through. And I just was share my own personal experience when I had my son. Although I had a midwife, et cetera, et cetera, she left the, um, a few days before I was due to deliver my son, who's now four years old. But just the experience is when I flatlined on that table giving birth to my son, the first thing that I could think about was when I woke up was to be a mother, to be a nurturer, I, you know. The minister is not lying in these things. That was the first thing that I thought about. The doctors wasn't thinking about me and how much bad of pain I was in. They was worried about why my son had blue eyes. So I just think that this is just relative. And then also the minister stated to us about titles. We set trip off of titles all the time. You know, I remember when the minister took the titles, people left the mosque. So I just think that those were some of the key points that stood out to me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. For those who are tuning in and came in towards the end, we ask when people are listening to the lecture or the power call to take notes. And at the end, we share what stands out for you. You just give your feedback of what you got out of it, what you thought about it. If you're listening on YouTube or Facebook, Twitter right now, uh, I want you to um, text the word nation. Well, it's down there under that red text nation to 833 Two seven six seven one seven four to come directly on the Zoom. This is how you will be able to share with us. If you are interested in being my guest this Friday or Sunday, go to NOIStudyGroup.com, fill out that form, and we will have someone reach out to you to try to find your location. Something that stood out to me was he talked about you. You know, you you can be saved, but by but by Jesus. And he says, well, how is Satan looking at Jesus? Right. So if we think about how is Satan looking at Jesus, he didn't say it per se. But then a thought came to my mind. How is Satan looking at the helpers of Jesus? So if we are joint heirs of Christ and we are saying greater is he that is in me that is in the world. Satan is wise enough to know that my eyes shouldn't just be on Jesus. My eyes should also be on his helpers. So if he's going to set certain traps for Jesus, if he's going to, you know, try to stop Jesus with persecution, uh, lying, uh, 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 trials, difficulty, uh, all type of stuff, then those same trials is going to be set for us if we are following Christ. So uh, it also reminds me in the Quran where it says, respite me. Until the day that they are raised. Well, who is the day? They is the us. And if he's saying respite me until the day that they are raised, the minister teaches us that means he's basically saying delay my doom. So if he know his doom is to come and 
He's saying respite me until the day that they are raised. Anybody that's helping us raise, anything that's helping us be raised, he's going to try to fight against it. So we have to, as the minister said, put on the full armor of God, full, uh, uh, that's the hat, that's the body, uh, especially the mind, because it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. And like I played the other day, well, did I play it? I may play it here. Well, the minister talks about mistakes. We're going to make mistakes along the way, but get back up because he wants to keep us down. Uh, and that's one of the things that he may use when you fall, as we all will fall. The, the scripture talks about all of us will be like filthy rags. The minister talk about if you, you know, you squeeze the, 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 the towel of America to be dripping with blood. So all of us have made a mistake. It says that he has deceived the whole world. But let's not stay down because we got knocked down. We got in, in a boxing match, you got 12 rounds. You don't just fall down the first time and say, oh, man, he done knocked me out. Get back up because the race is not to the swift nor the strong, but to those who can endure to the end. So that just stood out for me that if his eyes is on Jesus, his eyes is also on those who are striving to be helpers of Jesus. Um, Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum family. Uh, what stood out for me was uh, the fact of the submission or the obedience of God is the only religion. Um, especially nowadays, we all try to find reasons to divide ourselves. We find reasons to say why we may, may be more qualified or know what this scripture means when the real goal is to be obedient to God. And if what we're doing doesn't uh, demonstrate that, then we have to really question ourselves on what's our motive and what's our agenda. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Yes, sir. Uh, Sister Yolanda. As it has already been stated, one um, point that stood out to me, the kingdom of God does not come with ease. Also, he mentioned it takes a God to defeat a God. And as I tie those two together and look inside of self, I have to study my lessons in order for me to become, as student minister Malik said last week, we are not psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually prepared for what this life has for us and how we should be. So therefore, it took me to study God 18, rising above emotions into the thinking of God. If the kingdom does not come without ease, why do I or why should I even think that anything that I am looking to obtain is going to come with ease? So studying my lessons, learning how to rise above emotions into the thinking of God, when they go low, I stay high. And it does not come easy because we have the gem sitting right up in us. So if I haven't studied, uh, done my studying and also going gone through some type of auditing because there are some traumas within myself that I need to come to grips with heal from and move forward in my life without allowing if someone does something to me I know that's a trigger for me so until I pass the test or handle a thing properly it's going to keep coming at me no matter what I'm trying to obtain. Any door that I go through, if I don't go through the proper 
uh, teachings, I'm just going to say teachings, it's going to keep coming no matter where I go. So I need to continue to study my lessons and rise above the emotions into the thinking of God. And basically all the study guides are helpful for us. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Um, something that stood out for me as well as the minister says about Christ. His suffering was put, his suffering is what put him in position to become the Christ. And he said, you want to be with him, but you don't want to walk like him. Be hated on, lied on, persecuted, even brought into court, even killed. And so as I was thinking over that, we don't know what God chooses to be our trial to make us into whom he want to make us into. Because we all different. We all got different trials based on our upbringing. We got all different trials based on what our vice is. Your trial may be smoking. The next man may not. He ain't worried about no smoking. So that won't be his trial. Your trial may be getting away from robbing or over drinking or pornography or whatever the case may be. It's going to be different for every person. So the trials is going to look different so if we look at our trials with a different attitude instead of saying woe is me realizing that Allah is at the center of everything and that he has a active and a permissive will if you look at it and say okay yeah I'm, I don't like it but he's shaping me into something I'm becoming something through my trial and if we think about how how God will make us patient would God make our life easy if he's trying to make us patient for, for God to give us, to make us a, a, a person, a man or a woman who can fight off and deal with Satan. Is he going to, is he going to make it easy for us? When you think about a LeBron James, when you think about a Steph Curry, do you think they got there by going through an easy practice? When you look at a man who's strong, big, you think in your mind automatically, boy, that brother went, he went in that gym. Heavy weights, not little weights. A lot of reps or two reps and then he leaves. So it is the difficulty. It is the trials. It is the ups and downs that cause us, that makes us um, into what he's striving to make us. So um, that's, that's one of the things that really stood out to me. He said it is the sufferings that put him in a position. Then another part. He said, uh, another part, I think I thought I wrote it down, where he says, do I got it anywhere? Yeah, Jesus had to go through hard trials to be worthy to be the right hand of the Father. And we're taught in another lecture, the minister broke down what that meant. Because I'll be honest, I thought the right hand of the Father meant that you were sitting in the sky somewhere on the side of some green energy. That was my imagination when I was a little boy. Oh, man, he on the right hand. They sitting on the clouds in this big old chair. Now, the minister speaks about in another lecture, the right hand of God means that he's the executioner of God's will. Okay, well, how do we bring that down to me and you? If the right hand of the father is the executioner, that means 
He's saying that he had to go through hard trials to be the execution of God's will. So I have to go through my trial. You got to go through your trial to learn how to be the executioner in your way of God's will. And I said, man, so anybody who's going through trials, hey, man, that's, just, that's what you're supposed to be going through. If, life's get, if life is easy, you got nobody hating on you. You got nobody lying on you. You got nobody persecuting you. That's when we probably should be a little worried. All right, let's pass it over to uh, Sister Kavad. Go ahead. We can't hear you, Sister Kava. Going once. Going twice. All right. Let's go to Bishop Les. What stood out for you? Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Uh, what stood out for me? Can I, can I be heard? We can hear you. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum so um, the minister had mentioned, and this is one of the things that I've always kind of wondered when it came to uh, Islam or when it came to the Quran, because I know I have the Quran. I also go through some of the scriptures and I kind of noticed where it did talk about like Jesus' birth and this and that. But what the minister brought up is about the resurrection. And you kind of mentioned that it wasn't the resurrection of the dead, correct, that you were talking about? No, what I stated was uh, in the chat is that when yeah. we're talking about the resurrection of the dead, as taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, that that is a spiritual resurrection and not necessarily a physical resurrection of human beings that were literally dead, buried, placed under the ground, etc. It's a mental Complex. and spiritual resurrection. Right. I'm in agreement with that. Now, when it came to when he has said Jesus rose, where does that fall into like the resurrection? I was just looking to see how that works out. Where does that when fall Jesus in the resurrected. resurrection? When Jesus resurrected. Yeah, well, Jesus resurrected from the dead people. So it'd be that he resurrected from the dead people? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm trying to resurrect it from the. So he goes on the cross and then passes out or perishes on the cross. And then do, do they, do y'all go that route too? Or so if you got questions, when we have a student minister on, that'll be the great time because we have many student ministers who come on and answer your questions. But on these particular okay. power calls, we want to see what stood out for you. What did you get? What hit you? What touched you that you needed as for self-improvement on the power calls uh, in the morning when we listening to the lectures? But when we have okay. the ministers come on for the Q&A, that'll be the best time for you to come on and ask your questions. That sounds perfect. And to go off of what you said, I was touched by uh, the minister, you know, bringing the word and I am and being the door being the light and, you know, being the Christ, the anointing and, um, you know, God being a God to, to basically stand against the God. So thank you so much. And I look forward to, uh, being on more of the zooms. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Another thing You're that welcome. stood out to me is when the minister says you earn, <clears throat> he said, everybody don't got the spirit of God or everybody don't got the spirit. 
He says you earn the spirit of God by submitting to his will and discipline yourself to his way. The spirit is not in everybody. And, you know, sometimes we may assume that the spirit of God or the spirit is or his spirit is in everybody. And um, it just makes me think about the, the, the process of becoming a God. Islam is submission to the will of God. That's literally what it, it means, submission to the will of God. So by following that blueprint is how we become what he wants to make us into. Uh, clarity, not the God, not supreme being. So don't ask us to create a new moon, a new sun and uh, make it rain tomorrow. But it does mean that we have we share his will. We share his gift, his power to be able to say be. And it is that intelligence like no other beings on the earth um, have. So the fact that we have to earn it. And again, going back, how do we earn it? We, we earn, submitting in itself is a trial. Our flesh wants to do certain things that we got to fight against. So we should all always have our mind fixed on struggle. The Quran talks about struggling, being ordained in the minister saying that uh, difficult after difficulty comes ease. Yes, but not by ducking the difficulty, but by facing the difficulty and by facing the difficulty, it brings out, as he says in the study, guys, the sublime qualities that we have in us. So everything that God has been has placed in us, those that that best part of you, the, 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 the your highest potential comes after you. Follow up with your word, it comes after you struggle to 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 grow because that's how those things are going to be brought out. It's not going to be all brought out by you just living life, not going through any trials. You're going to have to go through to, through some things. And if we can be honest, if we look back two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, the person who you are today, the better part of you, is probably due to something difficult that happened, that happened to you a couple of years ago. It's some things that you've gone through, there's some lessons that you had to learn, not by reading a book, not by just listening to somebody, but you had to actually probably sometimes go through it and then grow through it to become who you are. So expect the difficulty and the struggle that's in your life. Uh, Sister Shireen. Oh, wait, you want to say something on that? It's um, not on that, but the brother that was just speaking and then the sister that came on first, they both said something that like maybe I just need clarity on. Um, and I already asked you, but. Um, I don't know if it's something I missed. So they both were saying how you have to, um, it takes a God to, I think she said defeat a God. And then he said to deal. stand with a God. So yeah, I, I took away deal. So in that, um, there, it, it, it wasn't at all saying like you become a God. So you can kind of like come up against another God. Right. So uh, Satan is the God of this world. So that God is what is who is who the minister was talking about when we it takes us becoming a God or a God to deal with that God because he's not no little dumb devil. Okay. So the minister said there's a difference between a dumb devil and why Satan. So when we're talking about dealing with this world. You can't be on no average level. Got it. Thank you. Um, next up, we got Sister Shireen. Assalamu alaikum. I think Sister Kavah was saying she was having difficulty oh. um, coming off mute. Did you want to go back to her yeah, first? Yes, so she can come off mute. Yep. 
Sister Kavad, we need this to be the last day that you say you you don't understand technology or you know I'm not good with technology. <laughs> we not gonna keep letting you do that. Come on, you 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 can learn that. But let me tell you, it's my phone sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it lets you come off mute, sometimes it doesn't. Now I'm not the only one who is experiencing this, I'm sure. <laughs> I feel like of everyone. Okay, so since you said that, I wanna just um veggie back off of what you were talking about with um after difficulty comes ease. But I that actually is my favorite, one of my favorite stories in the Quran, Surah ninety four, and it talks about the expansion. And I know a lot of times we say, and this is the Milana Ali version. So I know there's different, you know, versions in terms of how it reads exactly. But with the Milana Ali, which we have been asked as, you know, the Nation of Islam translation to read, um, that Surah actually says, not after difficulty, there's ease. But if I could take two seconds to read it, it says, um, have we not expanded for you your breasts? And removed from you your burden, which weighed down your back and exalted for you your mention. Surely with difficulty is ease. With difficulty is surely ease. So when you are free from anxiety, work hard and make your Lord your exclusive object. And I think that's important because, um, as you mentioned, you know, sometimes we feel like we want to live the life of ease or we don't want no problems listen you know don't bring me no bad news and i don't want no problems you know but it is in the solving of the problem that we are qualifying ourselves but it's in the manner in which we work the problem is where the ease come in so with difficulty with the problem the ease is already embedded in it if we are making our Lord, if we're making Allah the exclusive object. Um, something Brother Nuri said that I'm, you know, just in colloquial terms last week that I'm striving to really work for. He said, instead of saying, why me? Because, you know, I, I always say, why me? Not in a bad way, but, you know, always trying to figure out, talking to God, talking to Allah. Okay, so what do you want me to learn? Or why me? Or this? What, what, what's, what's the purpose of this? But now, and he said, instead of saying, why me, try me. Because when I know that I'm being tried and I get through it, then I know that he's fortifying me, that he sees me worthy enough to, you know, make me go through something that's going to strengthen me so that I can stand personally against the wiles of Satan. And knowing that Allah in the beginning said, be, I love that. I already know that this is an open book test. That's so great. When you're able to go to school and they let you say that you can open your book and, re and, and you know, find the answers in it. I think that that's just awesome. So um, perfection without correction is not going to happen. So we're, we're, we're all going to fall short. But we know that we are on our way to being perfected. And we know that with the law, we'll find ease in it. So that's what stood out to me. Thank you. You just made me think about something we've been dealing with with the study guide, talking about correction and perfection. Last week, we went over why it's important not to judge someone in their transition. And that's, that's mentioning closing the gap. 
And it's important for us not to judge others in transition because the person who they were last week, last month, last year may be different because they're in transition. So if you judge a man or woman in transition, you may cause yourself a spiritual death and you may be misjudging them because they're actually in transition growing into what God is uh, making them through their difficulty and with their uh, trials that they are, are, are going through. But not just judge others, but judge yourself because many of us are doing that. You're not only judging. So, yeah, we can talk about you're judging other people in their transition. And what I mean by it is so y'all can get a clear example. The minister, he talks about in closing the gap that you you when you meet a man, you know them in their maybe embryonic state. I know I'd be saying that wrong as you know. Yeah, they, that stage. But then as they grow and develop, you're only recalling the man that you met. But that man is growing. So you have to also grow with that person. You have to not judge him in his transition and becoming more than what you met him as. And if you judge him in the transition stage, you may get lost. So we hear about Moses and the wise man. So when you hear the minister talk about Dianetics, we judge him. You judge him. Oh, man, ain't that the white man? This and oh, man, that's this. But now you're not getting the deeper understanding of why. And many of us don't ask the question why. And what I stated in study group last week is that we can we can kill that because when you're dealing with people who are striving for growth, they're going to always be in transition. They're going to always be overcoming a trial. They're going to always be overcoming a difficulty, one of their vices, one of their weaknesses. So in order to alleviate yourself from misjudging, ask the question, why with the right spirit? Hey, why did you do that? Instead of judging something that may appear to be bad on surface level, maybe you ask, well, why did you do that? Why did you say that? And you can get the answer. And that's what Moses should have done with the wise man. And we're know and, and we're taught that that's not necessarily literally Moses and the wise man. That's the type of attitude that the followers of the messenger have with doubt and suspicion. So instead of looking at something on surface level and judging it, ask the question with the right spirit. Why? And we may get the answer uh, that we need. But the point that I was making is also don't judge yourself. Hey, man, I know you got it wrong, but you in transition. Hey, I know you don't got it all the way right and you feel like you 40, 50, 60 and it's getting too late. And man, I don't know this. Hey, man, you and you in the transition It may be slower than somebody else's, but don't judge yourself in transition. Get the lessons that you need to get. Correct the mistakes that you've made. Correct the faults that you've made. And all of that will be the ingredients to making you into a God. Uh, next, we have Sister Yasina. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. So that part that you were talking about, Brother Ben, uh, with the with the transition, that's in closing the gap, page thirty-seven. Uh, the process toward perfection. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorites. But when the minister talked about um, whom God loves, He chases much. In Hebrew twelve, uh, tw uh, chapter twelve, verses six through eleven, it says, "For whom the Lord loves, He chases." and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom God, whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, 
of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So when you mentioned that, it reminded me of what Dr. Ava, may Allah be pleased with her, what she said. She said, instead of asking why me, ask why not me? Because we're, like you were saying, we're so quick to run from our trials. We are, we're all going to go through something when we're all going through something now. But the cowards run and they run in the wrong, in the, in, you know, run backwards in the wrong direction. But those who love the Lord, those who know that, yeah, we're living in darkness now, but joy cometh in the morning. So it's getting through those dark times. It's getting through those hard trials. It's going through the painful process of that moment where you like Jesus in the, in the garden of Gethsemane when, when he said, pass this cup away from me. And the minister said in the spider, he said, what's in the cup? And he said that people will malign you, speak ill, speak ill of you turn their backs against you, do all manners of things to try to destroy you. But at the same time, it's also us destroying ourselves because of you, we can't grow into a God if we're not going to go through the processes of becoming a God. When God created himself out of the triple darkness of light, of, out of the tri triple darkness of the earth, he, there was pain in that. Birth is pain. But so in order for us to be birthed into a new reality, be birthed into a new mindset, birthed into a, a new existence, we got to become like babies in the wombs of the universe where we go through the painful process of becoming a God. And it's a step by step process. It's not a, you know, that one time thing. No, it's an evolutionary process and it's difficult as hell. But the race is not to the swift nor to the strongest we're in top, but to the one that endureth in the end. So we have to be willing to go through it. We have to be willing to hell, cry when you gotta cry, roll, up, roll into a ball when we need to roll into a ball, give yourself that time to process everything and keep it moving. Cause if, even, though we, even though we wanna stay still, if God has something for you to do, for me to do, He's going to push you like a mother pushing that baby out of, out of her womb. He's going to push you until you're either we're either going to submit or we become stagnant and we die. Assalamualaikum. Well, like Salam. I apologize, Sister Shireen. I forgot that we passed it over to Sister Kavar. Go ahead, Sister Shireen. No problem. Assalamualaikum. I, I was just going to say that um, sometimes we have to not sometimes we always have to be prepared to walk alone 
and it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's scary and sometimes it it hurts you know to be rejected by family and friends when you are striving to be the very best you can be based on the examples that we have been given um but that that means we're doing something right <laughs> and you know sometimes we might be too abrasive or we might be too quote unquote militant or um we may you know, not want to be involved in certain family functions because they make us feel out of place or they don't they don't agree with our religion. But if we are striving to serve God and God alone, as um, Sister Kava said, you know, we making him our the object of our focus, then. Yeah, we're going to be by ourselves sometimes, but Allah is always with us and we have to be strong with that knowledge that Allah is always present and with him is our reward. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. The uh, next one I saw was Sister Tiana, but it uh, looked like you put your hand down. You still here? Going once. One twice. I'm here. All right. Can you hear me? I apologize, <laughs> but that I put her hand down. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, assalamu alaikum. It's so I don't know. It just we can't we can't hear you. Your sound went out. Your sound went out. All right. We're gonna come back to her. Uh. If, if one of the admin, if y'all can reach out to her and see what happened with her mic. Uh, Ola, is it Ola, Olanda? Yes, sir, Sister Olanda. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. I just, just want to say that if you're not being tested or going through a trial, you're not living, you're not growing. Trials, trials purify. Purify means to cleanse, burden, whatever. So that when you're going through a trial, you should be thanking a lot for that because you're going to come out of that trial, I'm going to say new, born, so that you're going through pain, going through a trial, thank a lot for it. Yes, ma'am. I think she said when we're going through a trial, going through pain, to thank a lot for it. Because her, her audio was going in and out for me. Is that what I'm she... sorry. I'm on my head. I'm sorry. So when you're going through a trial or you're experiencing pain, you thank Allah for that because they cleanse, they purify, they unburden. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yeah, she. I think she. I think she finished. But I, I think I heard it. Uh, next, Sister Tiana, are you are you good now? All right, let's go to uh, Rashid Ali. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. 
Man, first off, I want to say praise be to Allah who came in the person of Master Muhammad and for raising one from among us as his messenger, as we known by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and for our brother, Minister Louis Farrakhan, for continuing the message. And thank you, brother Ben, for the time you taking out of your day just to start this power call. So I just came on here just to give thanks. That's it, man. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam. Praise be to Allah. All right, we got next up, brother. Uh, and, and before we continue, before y'all hop off, go to www.nystudygroup.com. Now, listen, last the last two weeks, we ain't, we ain't had nobody submit nothing. I don't, I don't know if y'all just been, man, Friday come, you get off work, you were like, man, I'm going to go next week. But this week, we need some guests to go to your local Muhammad Mosque study group. So go to www.nystudygroup.com, sign up for the form. She's going to reach out to you. And uh, make sure y'all attend this Friday or Sunday, okay? We're going to reach out to you. Brother Young Connor Don, go ahead. As-salamu alaykum. Peace to the power call, man. I just want to give my uh, peace to the pot. And the thing that stood out to me was when the minister asked the question, who are you? He said that God came to make us into himself. But we think of ourselves as Negroes, coons, shines, hand bones, jungle bunnies. We say, oh, man, I, I ain't nobody. You know, when, when somebody compliments us, we say, oh, I'm just your brother. We, we feign humility. We don't want to walk into our greatness. But he said that God came to make us into himself. And if we think about this for a minute, that Master Farad Muhammad, the God himself in person says in our lessons that my uncle was brought over here by the trader 379 years ago. But then he says something very interesting, brother Ben. He said, my uncle does not know that he is my uncle. And so I looked at that lesson and thought about what the minister said, that God came to make us into himself. What Master Farah Muhammad is saying if the black man and black woman is his uncle and his auntie, that means that God himself is your nephew. Oh, man, y'all didn't catch that right there. He said, my uncle does not know that he is my uncle. We don't even know that if the supreme being of the heavens and the earth says that you and I are his uncle, then what kind of power is sitting up in you and I? that we are running from, that we ducking from, that we don't want the world to see our greatness, but we can't get to that power if we don't acknowledge who we are. Oh man, we got to dig deep. But you know what our problem is, family? We don't want to submit. It's not that we don't have the knowledge. It's not that we don't have the wisdom. We don't want to submit to be made into the God that he came to make us into. What do we think? We're going to get all the supreme wisdom about the heavens and the earth. We're going to get the measurements. We're going to find out that the sun is 853,000 miles in diameter, 2,679,785 miles in circumference, burning at 14,072 degrees Fahrenheit. We're going to get supreme wisdom, but we ain't going to get supreme tests. We're going to get supreme wisdom, but we're not going to get supreme trials. 
Oh, uh, no. If you're going to be the best, you got to be tested. Who's going to buy a flat screen and bring it home and don't plug it up to see if it works? You can't walk around talking about Asalaamu Alaikum. The black man is God. The black woman is God. We the best, the makers and the owners. And you're not going to be tried, family. We got to be tried to be proven true today. And that is what qualifies us to wear the crown. It is our willingness to get on that cross. So come on, man. I just wanted to say that. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody in here going to catch what I'm saying today. So shout out to you, Brother Ben. That's my takeaway. Oh, man, it is our suffering and our submission that helps us to secure our salvation. Back to you, Brother Ben. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. <laughs> Every single time you're going to come with them heads. Like, you two together dangerous. Let <laughs> me just say <laughs> you that now. Y'all dangerous. That's a, that's a, that's a fire combo. <laughs> he came it. to make us into God. And for anybody who uh, disagree with that, and I'm a lead, and I'm a stand on that. Okay. And they can get in my DM. You can get in my DM all you want every day. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, family, that is the power call. Y'all know we got to end at 10. But we got one more. We're going to end off with the sister, Sister Anissa. Go ahead, Sister Anissa. Going once. Going twice. All right. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Uh, I told you I wasn't the only one who didn't know how to come off. Okay, me. let's. I'm let, just Sister Anissa. Okay, Give so her let, a okay, let's go back to Sister Tiana. She said, I don't know what the heck happened, but well, your audio, you was unmuted, but we couldn't hear nothing. So try now. Try to say something now. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, we can hear you now. Okay. So, um, what I was saying was, um, the minister said it's it's about the quality of people because he said um, about 10,000, 20,000, uh, some uh, big number that comes every Sunday. And and he said it's about the it's not about the how many people it's about the quality of people. So basically um, to continue studying and, and self-reflecting and becoming who you're supposed to be. And then also what stood out was um, he said Allah is, he didn't say he was a door or a light. He said he is the light. He is the door. So um, yeah, that's what stood out to me. It's no, it's no other than the. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum all right, uh, Sister Nisa, if you can come back tomorrow, we got to get off at 10. So the power call is from 8 to 10. I got a meeting usually at 10. Um, so we will see you guys tomorrow morning. And listen, I'm so proud of y'all on the power call. Have y'all noticed how we've been averaging 100 the entire time? Oh, man, just a bit, about a month or two ago, we were struggling to get to 100, man. We couldn't get to 100 for nothing. Now we, we at 140 in about 10 minutes. I'm like, woo! The people are raising by the thousands. So listen, family, invite somebody tomorrow morning. We're going to try to get you the flyer um, as soon as possible. And uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Okay. Assalamu alaikum. And y'all have a blacktastic day. Peace. Wow,